real real deep story but um i did get to do a couple of british accents in that book and um that was really fun so like i played it for some people and all the uk people that i meet say that my accent sounds like downtown london okay don't know exactly what that means but that's you know. a good thing and not <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> But I said um, it didn't sound fake, so I'll take that. That's real good. That. Right, right. And you're originally from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, I grew up in Tulsa, um, and I've been acting out in New York for several years. Um, and now I have just landed in Denver, and okay. I'm doing the Denver thing. <laughs> so, what? So the book? Uh, can you tell us more? Of, so, which one is more recent? The We Matter. Or the of blood and sweat. Um, of blood and sweat. So that one came out this year. This year, okay. So, um, can you tell us more about what that audiobook is? How yeah. Um. So the full title is of blood and sweat, black lives, and the making of white wealth in America, and it's a little bit of a history book and a little bit of a economics um book, actually. And so this is the kind of thing that should be taught in college. I don't know if they're really teaching that sort of thing right now, but the book takes you through a historical perspective of basically the economies of early America. And they start off in, um, what is it, 13 colonies kind of time, and they trace it all the way basically through reconstruction. But um, it shows how all of the wealth systems of our country were based on slavery, based on, you know, treaties that had been revoked from the Native Americans, um, exploitation of labor from the Irish immigrants. It just, it just goes on and on down each category. And um, that was the first type of book like that, that I've really done. It was, it's more of a history book. Um, and so very detailed, a lot of, um, Native American names and treaties that I had to learn. Um, there was some Portuguese passages in it that had parts of different laws that were written back then. Um, definitely the most difficult project I've worked on, but it was worth it. I really liked how it came out. And what drew you to, to that project? Um, that one, I actually got approached by the publisher and I guess they booked it out through a company called QV Media. Um, they had heard some of my clips on audible.com. And I just kind of got an email one day that was like, you know, would you be able to submit an audition for this and just record? They sent me like a little five minute passage to record. Um, that was a rush job. And so I had to record it a lot quicker than a lot of my other projects. Um, I want to say I had maybe two to three weeks to record the whole book mm. and, um, the finished thing came out to like 11 or 12 hours. It, it was a really long one, but I liked the historical aspect and the social commentary, of course, like it was a very timely project for coming out right now. So yeah, I was thrilled to be able to work on that. What is, what is the difference between the, audition or just the day-to-day -day life of an actor like on screen in an audiobook is there a difference in auditioning 
and just how to get your body ready, I guess, because when you're acting, you got to be, if you're a method actor sometimes, but like, how does that process, how is it, how does that process differentiate between audiobook narrators and actors? Mm -hmm. No, that's a very good question. Um, you know, for actors, you can kind of come from whatever your type is. So like most actors need to kind of stay in shape and hit the gym. But if that's not your type, um, then you don't have to <laughs> be in that kind of physical shape. A lot of the comedians, um, they make a living off of kind of the physical comedy, being the chubby guy and stuff. Um, I guess... the auditions are a little more rigorous with like tv acting sometimes you'll get an email and they want that self-tape recorded within a couple of hours and so you always have to be ready to record yourself you always have to be kind of on point with that for voiceover and audiobooks there's a little more flexibility with your lifestyle Because they can't um see you, right? exactly And they can't exactly see you, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't see you. <laughs> All you got to do is prepare your voice. mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the important part. Um, a lot of lemon juice, a lot of green tea and honey, um, all the cliches, but all that's true. Like when I would have to go to the studio, I mean, I'd bring a big thing of decaf coffee and a big thing of green tea and a big thing of water. Okay. Because for some reason, recording dehydrates you really fast. Anytime you're on the mic, Um, recording audio you get dehydrated like that and so number one thing is hydrate hydrate I don't like too much caffeine because I get a little jittery after a while but I really like voiceover work um, there's just way less people that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. right and <laughs> and have what have you done any crazy um exercises because i was watching a documentary about destiny's child and their preparation and they had to get on a uh treadmill and sing while they were on a certain <laughs> Are Um, there any crazy vocal that's practices that you do other than hydration? <laughs> um, no, that's a good question. I, I've never tried to do anything like that with the treadmill. I know musicians, that would be more for like singers. Because they're running around and stuff and Mm they're hmm. dancing, Mm hmm. so that's necessary. That's a definite, but cardio in general <laughs> is good. I guess, okay. hmm, what's the weirdest thing I've done for my voice? Um... Nothing too far out there. I mean, the whole trick is if you ever start sounding a little scratchy, a drop of honey on your fingertip, put it on the back of your tongue and smooth like Billy D. Williams. That's the that's the inside the secret. Um, I guess the hardest thing with voice work is you've got the um, studio engineer right there with you. And so they're always going to bounce off feedback. to you and they'll tell you if you sound a little too hype, if too quiet, this and that. You have to be able to take that feedback in the moment. And a lot of actors have a problem with that. They they take it personal or they get an attitude in the studio. And that's like the biggest no, no, no. You gotta respect Mm the art. You gotta respect the art before you start. hmm It's a process. <laughs> you have an attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just the easiest way to not get invited back. to a company. Right. Yeah, definite.
Um, I did notice you are into like a lot of activism because you were a part mm-hmm. of uh with the We Matter athletes and activism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you tell me more about your participation with activism or any political thing that you've been involved in? Sure, sure. Um, I really got into that while I was in New York, and um, I lived in East Harlem. But you just walk, you know, a little bit across the way and you've got historic Harlem Mm -hmm. is, you know, um, Al Sharpton's office is right up there. I actually got to um, read some poetry at um, Al Sharpton's conference. He had, um, was it the National Action Network? NAN Mm -hmm. is his company. And so every time there's kind of something political going down in New York, like that's the headquarters. Um, they're right up there in Harlem. And so, yeah, unfortunately the last couple of years, there's been a lot of incidents going on in New York, the, um, the Eric Garner thing, um, and just on and on and on. And so I do like to, you know, try and get out and get around, um, the people when there's these kind of rallies going on. Um, Black Lives Matter had a good presence, I guess, that summer, right at the beginning of COVID, when there were June, I think it was on. June. It was mm-hmm. definitely June during the uh, George Floyd. Exactly. It was remember that date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and it was big. There was a lot yeah. going on. Um, it was powerful just to be out there with all that energy. Right. Um, my side of it is kind of coming from you know being an artist, and so yeah. anytime they need some spoken word poetry. I'm the first in line for that. I, I like to perform a lot. Did you march in one of the black or protest in one of the Black Lives Matter? Or- um, I didn't march in the protest. I was around that day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember there was one day when they shut down the highway. Um, and there were two main protests that I remember to stick out, but the police presence was so heavy, and um. I'll be honest, my my main concern was just getting home safely. Right. Um, and that's that's an unfortunate reality to these mm-hmm. these events. But yeah, it's it gets it goes from zero to one hundred. Very and everybody can't be upset, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I was gonna do it, but on the news they were saying mm. there are a few people running protesters over in, mm. you know, where I was living, and I was thinking, you know, I can I can help on the internet. Hashtag yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, that's real. So they like everybody can't be outside. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's so, a lot of things that they need when these events happen. They they need right. information. Give them links to good sites that are posting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definite, definite. If somebody wanted to soak up some, uh, I guess historical, uh, museums or anything in Harlem, what would oh. be your top three or five? Wow. Yeah, um, the Schomburg Museum mm-hmm. is number one. Um, let me think. In Harlem, they have a tour, actually, that walks you through the historic jazz neighborhoods okay. in Harlem. And I definitely recommend that. They'll take you to the corner, and they've got the picture right there on Lenox Ave where Malcolm X had the the meeting with all the other people. Mm-hmm. Um Apollo Theater, yeah. if you can ever yeah. get up there, just, yeah, see anything. Just to see a show at the Apollo is really amazing. Um, 
I actually saw a big tribute night to Otis Redding that they had a couple of years ago. And just being in that building, it's, it's powerful. Um, there's so much history in Harlem. Um, those are the ones that first come to mind. But anybody going to New York right now, they have a new exhibit a little further down on the west side called the Spy Museum. Oh, okay. I definitely would recommend that. Um, they walk you through a lot of the history of the FBI. They take you through, you know, that whole time in the 60s with Cointelpro and, and a lot of the things that were going on. But the library in there, there are some books that I don't even know how they get away with having these books out like that. Um, but if anybody's really interested in kind of what goes on behind the scenes, um, the Spy Museum is is the one. Yeah. Okay. So which one of the uh, audio books do you want to talk about the most? So we can have a... Uh... Um, sure, sure, sure. I guess um, Of Blood and Sweat Blood is and the sweat. one that sticks out to me right now. Okay. Um, the history that it walks you through is really important. And I hate that this whole CRT term has become what it is now because it's history. Right. Like what, what they're calling critical race theory is just history. CRT is an actual thing, but that's like taught in law school. No, nobody's being taught CRT unless you're taking law classes. Right. Um, that's a very specific thing. And so what everybody's really afraid of right now is just the history of this country. It's not rewriting history. It's showing the other side of these things that have never been taught down the road. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma. And so I did get to have one class on Oklahoma history. Oh, yeah. And, the Tulsa oh, bombing. I can... Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Greenwood is um, really making a strong comeback right now. The Tulsa uh bombing the whole race massacre of 1921 it really blew me away that i had college professors that had never even heard of that event yeah. and i went to northwestern like i went to a real you know academic school mm -hmm. um but they were like i just had never come across that in any research of of history period um and so thank goodness they've been able to rebuild a lot of that area in Tulsa now um it's a big deal and yeah it ties in exactly with a lot of the stories that come up in of blood and sweat um stories that show how these modern cities came to be what they are now mm -hmm. um a lot of people have no idea that the reason Greenwood was called Black Wall Street is because it, it really was. At the time, there was more money generated through that area than Manhattan. Mm. And for various reasons, it just bothered a lot of the people down there. Um, and so the history of Oklahoma was changed forever after that. Um, they're doing a really big rebuilding campaign down in Tulsa right now. And it was cool the way that, you know, the whole history came out. I think that Watchmen series was the first TV show that brought it up. And so that was a lot of people's first, you know, interaction with that. And that was like a superhero show. Um, but just them even bringing it up in the episode, people started looking it up more. And so that right there shows you the power of 
the media and and you yeah. know these TV shows and stuff. It's it's big. What are some of maybe three topics that you would definitely want to be a part of to bring awareness uh, mm. in this and whatever top uh I would say that black experience would it be the black experience um I guess I would say social justice social as a whole social justice as a whole yeah what are some yeah. biggest three it doesn't have to be black focused mm -hmm. but what are three sure. topics you would definitely be want to be a part of in the future um there's so many issues that are being brought up in the legal system right now. Okay. And so I would love to be a part of like a book that really dove into the history of Roe v. Wade. Okay. Um, that would be amazing to take part in because people need to know, you know, how, yeah. how that came about and right. why it was attacked so hard right now. Right. Um, gosh, I would love to be a part of something that really dove into like, I mean, yeah, sure. Um, the whole police brutality issue mm -hmm. and um, more so just where the whole system is right now. I, I feel like it got a bad rap with that whole defund the, the police thing because all they were really talking about was taking away the tanks and okay. the military gear that these police are given. That's extra taxpayer dollars that don't need to be there like cops and there are no police in any cities in america that need tanks that's that's just <laughs> the bottom line um and yeah. you know these are the kind of issues that are coming up now but i guess yeah the other thing that that comes up somebody's gonna be writing a, a book real soon about the whole um student loan issue and you know how it became this whole billion dollar industry in itself um that would be amazing to to voice a book on that topic um I feel like I have an in with a lot of these nonfiction books because I have a voice that pulls people in and it's soothing kind of laid back you don't feel like you're learning all this info um and so I think that's the biggest angle with of blood and sweat um you get to soak up all this thing and it's a it's just a whole experience. You close your eyes, visualize the story and the topics, and that's really what makes audiobooks so powerful to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're about to wrap this up. This is a good interview. So where can viewers find uh, your audiobooks and mm -hmm. where can we find uh, maybe any of your socials if they want to get in connection with you? Absolutely. Um, so I'm on Twitter at... Thomas underscore art and life and no no I'm sorry my Instagram is Thomas underscore art and life my Twitter is Julian Thomas 99 okay. and so they're both real searchable um IMDB is the actor's website and so you can actually just search Julian Thomas on there and all of my uh little tv roles and appearances pops up there but um for the audiobooks it's audible.com that's the website that you know, if you're trying to make it a voiceover, once you get a book on Audible, you're in. You don't even need a resume after that. You just send them the link and that means you're legit. And so search Julian Thomas on audible.com. And as a matter of fact, I have a new book that's going to be out on September 13th. And it's also in nonfiction. Um, but the book is called Hack Your Bureaucracy, How to Get Things Done 
um, effective ways to get things done is the full title. But Hack Your Bureaucracy is really a book for entrepreneurs and um, anybody that's going to be running their own office, um, big or small. It was written by two people that worked in the Obama White House, actually. And they just have all these stories about dealing with um, DC admin offices, um, working with the Veterans Board to try and get little projects done. And so it's just a quick list of, you know, it's like 30 or 40 tips on how to organize people. Um, I always tell people it's a book about how to get things done without being a jerk in the process. And most people are like, hmm, yeah, I probably need to look that one up when it comes out. Um, but yeah, it's a great project. And yeah, I'm really excited for this next book as well. All right. So thank you for being on the show and uh, for the audience out <laughs> for the audience out there. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. So great. Oh, great, great. Thanks for inviting me on. This has been fun. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All right, you too. Thanks.